0: wrestling fans of all ages shapes sizes genders and everything in between it is time to go to war and be the cure for the common wrestling podcast welcome to the revolution buzz buzz guys my name is kate murphy What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your prime minister speaking, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to r- you are listening to and you are listening get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on everybody this is king ricky rose your general manager and you are listening to wrestle addict radio now enjoy the show are you ready afternoon, good morning, good evening, hello ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Mr. YLB himself, Zach, your host of the YLB podcast is back, and I am quite excited to be back. I know if you had saw my Instagram and Twitter posts, y'all know that I took a little bit of time off just to uh, get my mind right, get everything together. Just to chill, get my you know, I had a little bit of mental overload um, the past few weeks uh, with work and all the COVID bullshit and all that. So I figured, all right, let me at least take some time off, and just you know, get reset, you know, keep my mind off things. And to be truthfully honest with y'all, I haven't seen a lick of NXT the last two weeks. I haven't really kept up with NXT. All of the stuff that I'm seeing. That came on on uh, Sunday night throughout the uh, pay per view for TakeOver 31, that's going to be going down this Sunday. Uh, our news to me, uh, now knowing that Balor will take on O'Reilly for the NXT Championship, uh, Damian Priest taking on Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship, NXT North American Championship, Candice Loratio Shirai taking each other on NXT Women's Championship at NXT Over 31. is going down on a Sunday. Again, this is all news to me. Everything has been news to me. I have not seen the last two weeks of NXT. And surprisingly, have not watched the last two weeks of NXT UK as well. So that lets you know how much of a break I really took from doing the podcast and away from wrestling. Um, I watched AEW Dynamite. I kept up on that, of course. I um, got up with SmackDown. You know, I did live tweeting here and there, to be honest. Uh, but not to the point where I was just, like, really heavily back into it. I really was doing my best to do some live tweeting um, from Sunday night through Glass Champions. I'll give you my thoughts about that in just a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I really had just been relaxing. Um going over some things, you know, private life things, um, I let the team know um, two weeks ago that I needed a break from the podcast, and I let them all know, uh, whatever, you know, if you're ready you want to use my days, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, as y'all know, and I let them know, hey, I'm just going to take some time off, get my mind right, get my mental straight, um, shout out to Fretz as well, for, uh, and actually all the team, Kate, Will, Nate, Fretz, Ricky, giving me the blessing to take some time off, uh, Mance, uh, thank you guys so much for allowing me to take time off, and let me just, you know, get my mind right, I also got sick, um, uh, last week, uh, Saturday, or was it, this past Saturday, last Saturday, actually, I visited some friends, uh, my friend, my, one of my good buddies, just got a new house. I finally got to meet his son for the first time. Will uh, Junior, you know, not his name, but I'm not going to reveal that because that's going to keep that to myself. But, um, you know, wonderful, cute, adorable kid, handsome boy. Uh, I'll go that far as much. Um, and then I got sick. I uh, got a little bit of a head cold. Uh, I didn't have a hat. It was a little bit colder than usual that night. And we were playing horseshoes outside. I didn't have my jacket. I had my jacket, but I didn't have it on because I got to too warm. And um, I got sick. Uh, Sunday, I felt a little bit, but good enough to work out. Monday, I went through the entire day of work. And, you know, but Tuesday, last Tuesday, last Wednesday, I took, I took days off from work. Wanted to get past, wanted to get through it, wanted to just get through it, recover. And went back to work Thursday. Went back to work Friday. Took this past weekend off. um, Decided, you know what? Let me not do a show on Monday. I wanted to just, you know, chill one more day and just get my mind right. And here we are today on Tuesday. And I am officially back into the pool. I am back. Your boy is back. And I want to thank you guys so much for being patient with me. Um, Doing a podcast and being the workhorse of Wrestleatic Radio, as much as I love doing it, and as much as I love taking on that role, because I've been doing it for so long, and I get so used to it, after a while, it does get to me. I mean, working a full-time job, now the gyms are back open in the state of New Jersey, even though it's just 25% capacity, wearing a mask and all that stuff, that's fine. I got past that immediately the first day I went back to the gym. But... It got to a point where I kind of needed to slow down and my mind was telling me, Zach, I know how much you love the podcast and I love, you do it, love doing it for the people because you do do it for me, but I need to take some time to just slow down and just get everything reset and understand that, you know, as much as I love to think of that, I am a king of my, own, of my own kingdom, of the YLP realm and all that stuff. Doing this does catch up to you at times. And I'm starting to keep learning. I'm trying to remind myself to take breaks when I can and when it's a right time to do so. So I figured it was the right time. Like I said, I talked to I texted Ricky. He and I chatted for a little bit. I let him know, hey, I'm gonna take some, I need to take some time off. Mentally reset and all that stuff. Ricky was perfectly fine with it. Uh, knowing what his uh, psychology background he understands the whole deal like I said I'm, a, I'm the workforce of the team I am the only one out of all of us of seven of us that is doing more than just one show program. I do three a week as you guys know if you don't know if you're new to this I do three shows a week Monday Tuesday, Monday with uh, News of the Weekend or The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly um, I do last week, this week for Tuesdays And I do like the fuse for Fridays, for AEW. So, after a while, it does take its toll. When I first started doing this, this was just regular. Three days, two, three days a week. I had nothing else going on. Everything was just, you know, boom, 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 boom. But now, as we're taking on more responsibility and taking more into this and putting more into it, after a while, and I think this really kind of like really got everything sorted in the last two months. After I got back from Denver, um, it took its toll on me about two weeks prior to me taking my break. And so I I was thinking, I really wasn't thinking about it. I really wasn't thinking about taking a break at all. I was just thinking about, you know, I really need to do this episode. And when it gets to a a point where you're forcing yourself to do something, that's when you have to take a step back and reset. So that's what I did. Again, I texted Ricky. Gave me the blessing. He was like, "Hey, you're fine, you're gonna be okay." You know, this is gonna be down one show for a week, and it was all good. And you know, love, Fretz, much respect to you, Fretz. Thank you so much for the love. I appreciate you, my dude. Uh, Kate, love you. All, all the War Team, love y'all so much for you know just showing me positive vibes. Give, give me positive vibes. And let me just be. So. And to you guys, I know that you know you you come here three times a week to listen to what I have to say about the world of professional wrestling, and my thoughts about life and things about that, doing stuff. And this this wasn't against you guys; it never was, it never is, and never will be. Because again, sometimes you just gotta mentally reset. It happens to all of us, especially with what we got going on in the world uh, with with this pandemic and this whole, you know, with how, how the world is right now, you know, sometimes you just have to mentally reset, get your mind right, get everything sorted out, before you go back to the of games, and that's what I did, so I was like, I'm going to give myself a week, and I'm just going to relax, and chill, and just breathe, I was able to go to the gym on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, took the day off from the gym on Monday, and I'll be back at back at it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll do. I'll, of course, I'm the fourth wall. I'm record for Thursday, for Friday's episode, for episode 256. And then we're gonna keep on status quo and come and come next Monday. You know, back to business as usual. You know, you'll be getting the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly that was NXT Takeover 31. And. Next Tuesday will be regularly scheduled programming. Well, uh, last week was this week. Last week, this week, and next Friday you're gonna we're gonna be talking about light like, the fuse. We're gonna talk AEW. We're gonna get right back into the swing of things like it was never left. But today we're just gonna be talking about news of the weekend. I got ten articles pulled up and all that good stuff. But before we get into all that, I wanted, did want to give you my thoughts on um, class of champions that went down this past Sunday night and I don't have much to say about the show to me personally the show was passable it was passable enough to be deep to be watched at length I watched the entire show of course because that's what I do I'm a glutton for punishment but they did have a couple of good things to come out of this pay-per-view and there are mainly two things I want to get I want to discuss with y'all about what I thought about Sunday's show one this is probably the biggest one um Roman Reigns, WWE, more so WWE, has honestly vindicated all of us, meaning me, guys like J.D. from NY206, Joe Cronin, I'm assuming Cell Monster probably said something about this. Every podcaster that has been wanting Roman Reigns to go heel for the past five, six years, they vindicated everything we said needed to happen for Roman Reigns on a Sunday night say, Roman Reigns is a monster heel now, and I love all of it. I love every last bit of it because of the fact that they were capable of doing it. I have been. I have said this at length. If you listen to me for any amount of time, and forgive me if I'm, you know, trying to mess. My, if I sound son let me I'm still getting over the rem, uh, getting rid of the last remnants of my head cold. Uh, Google said, Google and DuckDuckGo says. Uh, Five, ten days, I think I'm in the last legs of it. I'm pretty much good, but I'll take a sip of my coffee here before we continue, because it's delicious. But they have officially vindicated every single one of us for what us wanting to see Roman as an actual monster heel. We're vindicated now. Every person who thought Roman couldn't be a heel can shut the fuck up. Roman as a heel is absolute money. And when we start getting crowds back into the fold again, when we start getting actual live shows with crowds, this... Roman Reigns is going to be the most hated man in the WWE. They're going to boo this man the right way. Not because we don't like what we see with Roman, but because he is an actual proper monster heel. Undisputedly, the most... Dominant heel we had in the game right now. Randy Orton can go sit down in the corner and just admire what they have going on with Roman. After what we saw with Jay Uso, which by the way was a really solid matchup, I'm not even gonna front on that. Jay Uso and Roman put on a very well done match. <laughs> Excuse me, and um, they did have they did told aim. Hell of a story, Jay Uso. They didn't squash him one bit, and that was what I was really hoping they didn't do. And they had Jay fight and Roman fight. When Jay was starting to get a little bit of a momentum, somehow, some way, Roman was able to squash him And then it got to the point where Roman was just too much for Jay, and Jay and wanted Jay to acknowledge him as the as the chief, as the tribal chief, the leader and the head of the family. And you can just hear the what he was saying throughout the match. It was brilliantly done. Whoever produced that, well done on your end. This was well produced. It was well done. Detailing was perfect. They did, they made the right call and having and Jimmy Uso coming back for the first time in months. Um, and I'll have I have, actually have news on that for Jimmy on when he's actually gonna be coming back. Uh, comes out. And says has a towel says he's gonna stop the fight. Jay's like, nah, Luz, nah, don't stop the fight, man. Same kind of kind of that same connotation with Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee when uh Lee was feuding with Karrion Cross uh back in August. Same way. Keith wanted to stop it. Dajakovic says, No, 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 this is on me. This is on me. Jay did the same thing. This one's on me. Let me deal with it. Let me handle this. This is my fight right this was probably the most unique storyline WWE had going for the last four weeks and they nailed it and I don't know what they're, what's going to happen between now and Hell in a Cell I know we yeah, have four weeks until Hell in a Cell at the end of uh, October but I am quite excited to see if there's going to be a continuation between Jay and Roman or you know the Usos in Roman, are they gonna fall in line with Roman and, and finally get the Roman Empire that we've been desperately needing? There's so many possibilities with that, and they nailed it. Roman, Roman came out with no shirt, combat pants, combat boots, ready to ready to go to war. It was beautiful. The article, that the response that he said to a fan, new music coming, no shirt. Ladies were swooning, my mama was swooning, all for, all types of for Clinton shit. Didn't know what to do with themselves. My Twitter line, my Twitter timeline was all all types of uh blown up with ladies just. Oh my God, Roman Shylysov! What are to It'd be like that. I get it. Man's yoked. Respect. And he handled business, and then after Jimmy threw in the towel. Jimmy acknowledged him as the chief. He's the chief, man. Is that what you wanted? You're the chief, man. Just let him go. Let him be. It was brilliant. I loved it. That's how you portray Roman Reigns now. And now also, with Alexa Bliss still being taken over by the Fiend, we're going to be revisiting Roman versus Bray somewhere down the line. Remember the way Alexa Bliss looked at Roman when he came out? On uh, Smackdown this past Friday there's going to be something there and I'm just guaranteeing that's going to be something that we'll probably end the year with going into Royal Rumble season in January the possibilities now with Roman are endless and I'm going to love every second of it it was fantastic, it was well done I couldn't get enough of it, I love Roman Reigns as a dominant monster heel, well done the second thing I want to talk about and I'll leave it at the, I'll leave uh, end the segment with this. The triple threat match ladder match with Zen, Hardy and Styles. I said it on my Twitter Sunday night and I'm and I stand by it. This is legitimately the first lock for a match of the year candidate. This is what a match of the year candidate truly looks like. I was so pleased with how they did this. The matchup was brutal. Very unique spots. Sami Zayn using the handcuffs on Jeff Hardy's ear. And then using the handcuffs on um, AJ Styles, not allowing him to climb the ladder. Either he had to take him with him, or he wasn't going to be able to do it. And then having uh, Styles use the fireman's carry in order to climb up the ladder... Jeff Hardy comes up holding the damn ladder to his ear like a boombox, and distracting Styles, allowing Zayn to take the key out of his mouth, unlock himself from the cuff, put AJ uh, having on the bracketing, being able to climb the ladder and take the Intercontinental Championships away from Styles and Hardy. That was brilliant. Sheer and utter brilliance. And you know what? I personally had Jeff Hardy winning it. I had Jeff Hardy winning it. Um, I didn't do any picks, but I had Jeff Hardy winning this, given the fact that, you know, maybe Zayn and Hardy would continue. Now, you have a true continuation of Hardy versus Zayn. Hardy lost the championship. Styles, personally, now, get him out of the way. You can have him out of the way now. And personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Reigns versus Styles revisited from four years ago. But that's neither here nor there. What we have now is Sami Zayn confirming that he is the true, proper Intercontinental Champion. This was well fucking done across the board. This match was absolutely everything I needed a match of the year candidate to be. That's what a match of the year candidate looks like. In the in the end, looking back on it, Zayn was the rightful winner. Zayn was the right man to win because I, I remember uh, one of my lady friends told me that Hardy wanted to do a feud with uh, Roman. Maybe this is the possibility of that. Now, we do have to go through Hell in a Cell, and I still have Zayn and Hardy continuing, moving on, getting through Hell in a Cell. Then we get to Survivor Series, and then we probably get maybe Zayn versus Lashley. If they're gonna do a uh, Zayn versus Lashley versus uh, Priest, if they decide to do Raw's back down on NXT again. Uh, for, uh, for Survivor Series, like they did last year, that would be actually a fun, a fun match to watch. I would actually be all over that shit. But Zayn was Zane was actually the right call. If you look back at it, it vindicated everything that Zane was, and he said he was the true Intercontinental Champion. Went out there, proved it, and he and now he's the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. I loved it. It was perfect. Everything they had Zayn do in that match was utter brilliance. And he took a lot of bumps. This match was straight brutal. Right up my alley. As a person who is a fan of New Japan's Strong Style, this was brutality at its finest. No blood, which is fine. But the, they, they were they were just, Zayn taking that ladder bump and then just flop it all over the place, that was nuts. Hardy going off the ladder with the swanton bomb on Zayn, that was nuts. Styles taking bumps was crazy. Hardy's bump when uh, he was slithering down the, uh, the ladder like a snake, that was nuts. I had never seen stuff like that. Them showing their highlights from uh, past ladder the bank matches that they were involved in before the matchup even started was wonderful. Everything about this match was pure MOTY candidate and easily will be on the list for 2020, for the 2020 YLP top 10 matches of the year, without question. This is the first lock. Surprisingly, it took nine months to get there. We still have G1 and all that shit, but there are, that is a, I'm going to tell you right now, and you better hold me to it, Styles versus Hardy versus Zane is a guaranteed lock for your 2020 YLP Top 10 Matches of the Year when we get to December at the end of the year. This was wonderful. A classic. People were... I've seen... Solomonster said this was one of the all-time best ladder matches they've seen. I've seen Ryan Satin say it. Um, I think JD from NY206 says it's one of the best matches he's seen in terms of ladder matches. I think he said it was a damn good match. I don't think he went that far. Um, people were really giving this a lot of high praise as well it deserved. It deserved all of it. This is probably one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen many a ladder match. Going all the way back to Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. For the Intercontinental Championship. And this was just absolute brilliance. This was just well done, well choreographed, well Everything that's what a match of the year candidate looks like so I just want to talk about that real quick, I just want to let you guys know where I'm at where I've been, what I've been up to aka not much and I'm back the Mr. YLP is back and ready to go, and I haven't actually, actually said this in a while because I don't know, it just feels like I haven't been saying it, but yeah ladies and gentlemen Yes, I assumed your genders. This is episode 255 of the YLP podcast. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on guys, Zach from the Wrestling Issues Podcast here, welcome to episode 255 of the YLP Podcast, so glad to have you guys here with me after a week-long break, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world! Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it and I do greatly and truly appreciate it because now well you probably already know now because I already posted on my Instagram but I want to send a little bit of a shout out today to all the new 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 members of the YLP universe that being all the people over on Amazon Music and audible yes i have known this for quite some time now and i'm sure uh if you are fucking with the brussel attic radio family you would have already known this as well uh yes all podcasts the ylp podcast the kings of the rings podcast the game changer podcast and of course the delight show with man's chapel are now it's ex- well not exclusively but now officially on amazon music as of i believe two weeks ago so, yeah, if you have Amazon Music, uh, you can now check out this episode of the podcast. Um, I'm sure I'm not sure if it's going to be all the episodes of the podcast, but at least this episode of the podcast will be on there. Uh, on there and as well on Audible, where um, this is not a plug at all. It's just me doing this because I know I've heard this ad many times. Um, if you have Audible, or if, you do, if you're a new member or whatever, it's a 30-day free trial or whatever, you get one free book. Um, like I said, this is not an ad, not paid or anything I just know because I hear it all the fucking time, um, so yeah if you want to do that, cool, but you're able to actually listen to the podcast and you're now able to listen to the YLP podcast over on there as well, so shout out to all the members of Amazon Music and uh, Audible communities who listen to all that stuff, you can now listen to us over there, tell a friend to tell a friend that Mr. YLP sent you okay, and uh Thank you for allowing us. And I want to say a huge shout out to Amazon Music for uh, wanting to add us into the fold of Amazon Music. That is a huge deal for not just the West Atlantic Radio family, but for all of you guys. You guys also are a part of this movement as well. And that is huge. I am very proud to be able to be part of a team that is getting bigger and better every single day and every single week every single month and I've only been with the squadron for literally over nine months now and to see the growth the progression that we've all made um to think you know the uh, Kings of Rings podcast just surpassed their 200th episode I had my 200th episode earlier this year just hit my and I just had my 250th episode just a couple weeks ago about three weeks ago that'd be exact um for all, so for all the amazon music and uh honorable crowd um hello my name is zach i am your host of the biop podcast i do a podcast here on the world professional wrestling every single monday tuesday and friday um on mondays we talk about moves of the weekend and uh, we also review pay-per-views on any pay-per-view of monday um, with uh the good the bad the ugly where i talk about the uh Top 10 or 15 reasons why I may have liked or may not have liked the show. I discuss that, give you final grades on everything. Um, I hand out awards as well, but we'll get to that when we get to that point. Uh, So we'll discuss that when we get there. On Tuesdays, I do a show called Last Week, This Week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT and then get you up to speed and get you primed and ready for this week's this this actual week's episode of NXT. We won't be doing that today. Um, since it is a Tuesday and it's my first day back, I kind of want to get back into the news of the weekend. Uh, we'll be discussing that in just a moment. Um, on Fridays, we do a show called Light the Fuse, where I break down um, the that week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Give you the top five uh, focal points to look forward to as we get into uh, next week's episode. Talk about a little bit of news, maybe make some predictions um, for other pay-per-views in the beginning of the show, and then we get into, like, The Fuse. Um, this is what you get every single week with me. Um, three shows a week. I am the undisputed workhorse of um, WrestleLatic Radio. Everyone else pretty much will tell you that, and as I am the only person in the group that has a show that goes down more than one day out of the week. Um, if you did, did, in case you didn't know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, Kings of the Rings is... Uh, Hold on, let me actually pull this up because I'm gonna look really stupid if I try to even try to even think about it, doing that for our weekly stuff. But yes, um, as I'm doing that, uh, again, thank you guys, thank you to all of y'all, uh, Amazon Music crowd and Audible crowd. Um, I'm also, and I'm gonna put out a disclaimer as I'm looking for this. Um, uh, this is if you are. If you're not a fan of um, brash, loud, unapologetic, um, brazen conversation, uh, my show may not be for you. If you do not like cursing um, and you have children, uh, listen to this when your kids are not there Um, or just don't listen. Um, I am very opinionated. I am very uh, stubborn in uh, what I believe in. I stand for what I believe in and I run my mouth. Um, and I bring to the table common sense, logic, reason, and actual facts and evidence to back up what the hell I'm talking about. So if you're not a fan of that either, this sure is hell ain't the show for you either. Um, other than that, I'm here to talk about professional wrestling and everything else that comes with it. And if you're down with that, I'm down with you. So I'm looking at the schedule right now. So Mondays, Tuesdays, you get me. Wednesdays, you get the Delight Show. Thursdays, you'll get the Kings and the Rings podcast. Friday, me again with Light the Fuse. And on Saturdays, you get the Game Changer podcast. And if any, either one of us miss a day, we you'll be able to catch us on Sunday as well for any other things um, and all that stuff. And I'll talk about uh, Patreon and Teespring uh, as we go. Um, I just wanted to fill you guys in and bring you into the fold of who I am, uh, what I do. I know I'm the last one of the group to be able to do an po- episode of the podcast. For you guys I'm over on Amazon Music and Audible, to so everyone else who's been listening, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I know it's been a minute. Uh, I'm actually just coming back from a week-long, a little bit more of a week-long 10-day hiatus. Uh, meant, wanted to get my mental right, wanted to get everything straight, uh, a bit of a uh, mental overload, and I want to thank the uh, Ricky and the entire WrestleEdit Radio crew for giving me the ability to actually take a step back, reset, relax, chill, get my mind right, and uh, now I'm back. And uh, if this is your first time listening to this episode of the YLP Podcast, you come, you have not come at a better... You probably have come at the best time possible, because when I come back from like vacations, breaks, anything like that, my mind is ready. I'm ready to talk shit. I'm ready to get my mind right. And today, we're going to be talking about news of the weekend, all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And I, So basically, I look up articles over the weekend here so I, I look up articles for over the weekend I actually record on Sundays get it ready for Mon usually get it ready for Mondays but today today is actually Monday and I'm recording this for you today technically so technically I'm doing this yesterday but yes I talk about uh, about 10 to 12 articles um, and about uh, news that I found over the weekend that I thought was interesting all that good stuff other than that y'all It's good to be back, and uh, let's get into the news. Ooh, my reading glasses are all types of shit. First day back jitters. Actually, not first day back jitters. My my glasses look like straight garbage. All right, so let's get into the news. From WrestlingInc.com, new data on why adults are no longer watching pro wrestling. This is actually from my favorite personal uh, professional wrestling writer, Mr. Mark Middleton. The Variety Intelligence Platform has a new article looking at four main issues facing WWE that are threatening the company's bottom line. It was noted that the stock may continue to fall over the next few months based on four issues the company is facing. The decline in TV ratings, the decline in kids' audience, money owed from the 10-year deal with Saudi Arabia, and I'll discuss that in a little bit when we're done with this, and backlash over the independent contractor status of talents mainly the recent comments from former Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang. Regarding the TV decline, VIP noted that WWE Raw has lost around 2 million viewers for most of their 2020 episodes versus 2015 levels. Exclusive data from pollsters YouGov shows that the main reasons behind the decline has to do with low-quality writing in the storylines. YouGov. Pulled 471 adults age 18 or older who used to watch at least one of NXT, Raw, SmackDown, or AEW Dynamite. They collected the following data on reasons why United States viewers stopped watching pro wrestling on TV. And here are the results. 30% stated, it seemed more cartoonish than when I liked it. 29% stated, storylines were not as good slash interesting. 28%, characters were not as good or interesting. 26%, Matches were not as good or interesting. Fourteen percent stated the content was geared more toward children. Nine percent announcing was not as good. Seven percent stated the show wasn't listening to the fans. Twenty-four percent was other, and twelve percent were not sure. Yuga also polled twelve hundred adults aged eighteen or older on the viewing status of pro wrestling among adults in the United States. The following data was collected. 43% have said, I have never watched any shows or series. 43% also stated, I used to watch professional wrestling, but no longer do. 12% said, I currently watch professional wrestling regularly or occasionally. And 2% said, I don't know. (laughs) Fans who no longer watch pro wrestling in the United States were also polled. YouGov asked, 652 adults aged 18 or older, who no longer watch pro wrestling about wrestling shows they used to watch. The following data was collected 55% stated they watched WWE Raw, 55% for SmackDown, 10% NXT, 3% AEW Dynamite, and 28% of the 652 adults. None of the above. I'm not surprised. I'd say over the past five years, WWE, I would say professional wrestling in general has declined for a lot of the reasons that were that the actually, people actually had stated. Storylines were not as good, characters not as good, matches aren't as good. They're not listening to the fans, and then their four biggest issues: um, declining TV ratings, declining kids' audience, um, money owed to the 10-year deal. Now we'll get that into a moment. The decline in TV. When you look at more so WWE, they really haven't given us anything over the past couple of years. And it's been trash. It's been I've been stating this for months. Trash content will not get you good ratings. They will get you shit ratings. Now that we have the NFL back into the fold, Monday Night Raw is going to suffer. When you have crappy programming, you have crappy storylines and shows that insult our intelligence. You're going to lose fans. When the kids aren't watching, that's bad. When you have backlash over the independent contractor status of talents, that's also bad. But the biggest thing I think that was a real killer for them was last year with the whole Saudi Arabia deal. Um, With the whole uh, Jamal Khashoggi deal. um, Him getting uh, killed in the embassy. Um, You know, the 10-year deal that they had not knowing what they were getting into because they thought it was a lucrative deal when they knew fucking well it wasn't. And now they're looking back at it and they're looking all types of stupid. I do not for one second, blame the fans for this. I blame professional wrestling. In general, WWE, I blame Vince McMahon for all of it. Well, not all of it, but a good portion of it. Again, when you have a product that is literal gold, right? Think of it like this. Think of it like McDonald's. I'm actually looking at the commercial right now. If McDonald's all of a sudden said, we're going to take away the Big Mac, the quarter pounder, the double pounder, from our menu permanently, people will not go to McDonald's no more. Now, I like the chicken nuggets. That's cool. But I like me a double quarter pounder every once in a while. No no onions, no pickles. You know, if you take that away, more than likely I probably won't go to McDonald's that much as I do not do as it is. Um, just in general, I don't. I don't. I don't go often. I'm trying to work out again. I'm trying to get my body right, you know, for next summer. And every once in a while, if I go to McDonald's or if I go to Burger King or anything like that, I'll get chicken nuggets or something like that. If you would have bees, but if you're taking certain things off the menu, a lot of people are going to shy away. If you're taking away actual proper, you know, if you're if you're taking away the storylines, if the storylines are shit, if the characters are garbage, if you're insulting our intelligence, if you're having bad TV deals, if you're really fucking over the people that you're working with, fans are going to shy away from that and. It doesn't surprise me that fans would also shy away from it, and even stay right there. More cartoonish storylines are shit. Characters are not as good. Matches are dookie. The content's more geared toward children. They're not listening to us. You know, right now, forty-three percent aren't watching any shows or series. Forty-three percent aren't watching professional wrestling and no longer used to watch it and no longer do. That's a problem. Maybe it's Vince. Maybe it's just who they have there. Maybe it's Bruce. I don't know, but this is a really big problem, and it really needs to get fixed. Um, hopefully, the day Vince McMahon leaves, we'll see a new regime. Hopefully, Vince McMahon will take over. Oh, not Vince McMahon. Triple H will take over and start giving us actual proper programming the way we need to do it. And hopefully, with that, um, we'll be able to get have fans come back into the fold and watch professional wrestling again, hopefully. But let us move on. I don't want to ramble too long. Let's see. How... Do, 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 do. Ah, yes, we have a little bit of sad news. Um, For those who are looking forward to NXT TakeOver Dublin um, going down on October 25th, Dublin got rescheduled. According to WrestleTalk.com, NXT UK TakeOver Dublin rescheduled again. This is from Liam Winner. The NXT UK TakeOver Dublin event, which had been scheduled for October 25th, has now been rescheduled again to a later date. It had already been pushed back once with its original date being April 26th of this year. As per PW Insider, the new date is now June 20th, 2021. Both schedule changes are have been forced on by the COVID-19 pandemic and its social distancing restrictions. Here in the UK, things are starting to get stricter again after being relaxed for a little while. The UK NXT UK brand returned with original programming on September 17th, with this TV being based around the new Heritage Cup tournament. WrestleDog.com will keep you informed with any further updates, should there be any. And yes, I have been keeping up with the UK restrictions as much as possible. Uh, my, my brother from another mother, my man, my one my one dude, my big man, the big homie himself across the pond, Jermaine Lang, uh, even let us know about NXT UK coming back uh, in our Patreon group chat. I'll talk about that later on uh, today's episode. Um he let us know that NXT UK was coming back. He let us know that, you know, they're going to do a heritage cup tournament. Um, and he also let us know that they were pushing back the, uh, takeover Dublin as well. So shout out to Jermaine Lang, my man's, I know he's going to be excited as all hell to listen to today's episode of the podcast. He's uh, one of the biggest supporters of our, uh, our team. And uh, shout out to my man's Jermaine. But yeah, seriously, this is a big deal. I mean, um, It is a really, really big deal, given the fact that a lot of people were anticipating um, TakeOver Dublin. Uh, I I was one of them, and I'm glad that NXT UK is now back in the fold. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's now, unfortunately, we have to wait pretty much, what? We have to wait an entire nine months. Before we get this event, it's unfortunate, but you know, with everything going on with COVID and coronavirus, and, um, and with, the, with the UK bringing back stricter, um, uh, enforcing stricter things, um, it sucks. It really does suck, but you know. It is what means. There's nothing much we can do about that. That's on the UK government. We really can't do anything with that. Um, it sucks, but you know we got we got to deal with it and just you know hope that excuse me that you know NXT UK is able to build and start with um, NXT UK. We at least have that. We at least have NXT UK back into the fold, and that we're able to enjoy what they're going to have to offer. Uh, I'm excited because I I haven't seen NXT UK yet. I haven't seen the first two episodes as of yet. But I'm excited to see what they're bringing to the table, what they're going to be doing this time around. I'm quite excited. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do. But we shall move on. Speaking of coronavirus, actually, from SportsKita.com, Link between AEW and WWE COVID-19 outbreaks reported. This is from Kishan Prasad. What caused the COVID-19 outbreak in both promotions at the same time? Last week, WWE and AEW had many COVID-19 positive cases. COVID-19 has caused many problems in the world of sports. Many leagues and tournaments were forced to halt operations since March. However, a few wrestling promotions such as AEW and WWE were able to continue filming and airing their weekly episodes. Even though WWE and AEW were able to record and air their shows, they did have many COVID-19 cases come their way. The first time WWE reported its first COVID-19 outbreak, many employees were affected and the company began tightening its policies. Last week, a COVID-19 outbreak was reported in WWE NXT as well as in AEW. According to Dave Meltzer, on the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, the outbreak occurred simultaneously in both wrestling promotions because wrestlers who are part of WWE and AEW socialize, and some are married but work in different promotions. Quote, talent from WWE and AEW socialize, go to the gym together, and some are even in relationships together, as well as socialize with some of the same fans and insiders. One person very familiar with the testing results and spread said that was the key reason why it happened at the same time with both companies. Many wrestlers have taken precautions precautions on their own accord since the COVID-19 hit. In March, WWE's Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn decided not to perform until a better understanding of the virus was made. In March, Roman Reigns decided to pull himself from WrestleMania, where he was slated to face Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Sami Zayn, too, who was the Intercontinental Champion at the time, did not wrestle after WrestleMania. WWE decided to hold a tournament to determine a new Intercontinental Champion. AJ Styles went on to win the tournament and crowned himself the Intercontinental Champion for the first time in his career. When WWE's Renee Young had tested positive for COVID-19, John Moxley, her husband, who works at AEW, decided not to compete for two weeks. He was scheduled to defend his AEW World Title against Brian Cage at the pay-per-view, which was Spider-Fest, but the match was postponed by a week. And this doesn't surprise me, so, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. Because of the fact that the coronavirus has, since March, has made its way in, had its peak in April, and has kind of fallen off since May. And this, of course, is around the world. started in China, made its way around, yada, yada, y'all know the deal. Of course, the United States was the last place, the western side of the world was the last to get hit. We unfortunately have, what, over 2 million cases? Millions of cases. Only like two hundred thousand people uh, passing. Um, only six percent from the CDC quietly updated that there were full on actual COVID cases. The ninety four percent remaining with that were from comorbidities, um, resulting in you know COVID kind of being like the last like nail in the coffin. Unfortunately for those who had you know influenza or other pre existing conditions that they had prior to. Um, them's the facts, and you can be mad at me all you want, but, it, it, you know, hey, how you doing? Been a while. Um, So when it hit the U.S., it spread like wildfire. I kind of figured, you know, it was going to do its thing, make its wave, do its thing, and, you know, a lot of people were, you know, talking about the doom and gloom, millions of people dying, and when we found out it was actually not just as bad as the seasonal flu, um, that's when I kind of was just like, okay, maybe it is not as bad as everyone thought, you know, everyone says it was. And so and and with time, there were going to be, you know, cases popping up. Now, this is why here's why I say it's not as bad as everyone's gonna be saying it is. Because the more cases you get, the lower your death rate actually is. So, and the survivability rate of this is literally 99, basically 99.99%. You have a you have a literally a better chance of dying from a strike of a lightning piercing through your system, playing a football game, getting ran over by a car, um, all that shit, compared to dying of coronavirus. If you keep yourself healthy, if you have your you know if you're staying healthy and you're taking care of yourself properly and all that stuff, um, you're have a better chance of surviving this. How you doing? So, yes, it's an issue. Yes, I do understand that the virus is actually a thing. I believe in that all day, but I don't think that it it was as big a deal as everybody thought it was. Initially, of course, you know, you got to deal with it head on, take the brunt of it. You know, everybody's talking about lockdowns and, you know, vaccinations and all this stuff. We shouldn't open up the country unless there's a vaccine, um, which that's not even for my this ain't the show for me to do that. I keep it strictly professional wrestling as much as possible. But honestly, now, now you see, of course, you know, everyone's taking, everyone took precautions. Of course, Roman Reigns taking precautions with, cause he has actual leukemia, an actual thing, an actual comorbidity that if Roman caught it, chances of him being in some serious shit, We're legit. And on top of that, his wife just had twins. As a twin myself. We're pains in the ass. That's my mom. But in certain cases with Roman, I get it. Sami Zayn didn't want to wrestle. Perfectly understandable. Now, Roman is back after uh, SummerSlam. Sami Zayn is back now after uh, Payback. And now they're back into the fold and all is good. So it's understandable that, you know, people are going to come across other people. It's going to spread. It's going to do its thing. You get it. You let the body take care of business. It's done. If you're in good health, you, you'll knock it out within a week. I mean, with me, I just had a head cold. And I'm pretty much, I was pretty much good after, like, I, I got it on, fully on Sunday. Dealt with it on Monday. My brunt of it, my peak was Tuesday and Wednesday. Came back to work Thursday, Friday. By Friday, I was pretty much 100%. So a whole six days, that ain't bad. I'll take that. And of course, I was taking care of myself, drinking a lot of fluids, chicken broth, delicious. Um, taking vitamin C, taking my flaxseed oil, my zinc, my vitamins, all that stuff. Taking care of myself, letting it run through my system. So now we're at the point where, you know, I think we're at the tail end of it. And it's just okay, it's just more and more cases. I'm not hearing not we're not seeing as many deaths now, not many people as dying. This is a good thing. You know, just let it run its course and just be able to just let it run. You know, and now everybody's not talking about this second wave son. Oh, you mean flu season? Yeah, that second wave, my ass. Again, we ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that, but we will leave it at. We will leave it there. Let's see here. I will exit out of that one because that's kind of a double. Let me see. Let, me... Let us. Ah, yes. Now, we all know that we had the passing of Road Warrior Animal last week, um, and I was shocked as any myself. Uh, it came out of nowhere. We found out that the Warrior Animal uh, passed away um, at the age of 60. But we do have news on what the possi- what possibly, uh, unfortunately, ended the life of Joseph Florinitis. From WrestlingNews.co, Road Warrior Animal was reportedly dealing with heart and kidney issues. This is from Paul Davis. There are a few more details coming out on Road Warrior Animal, who passed away unexpectedly on Tuesday night at the age of 60. Animal's death was a shock to many because he seemed healthy, and he had just done an interview with Hannibal TV just a few months ago and was talking about wanting to get back into the gym so he could work out. During the latest Bruce Bruce Michelle audio show on the PW Torch website, it was noted that Animal had some health issues. Mitchell said, quote, I just really thought he was going to. He always looked healthy and you can't tell. I'm not a doctor and I don't know any doctor that can look at someone and say help to it. Now, looking back and understand, I'm, and I'm not surprised that he had some heart issues. He had some kidney issues. We'll talk about this too because he's part of a, that generation that came up and really and really became part of that Minnesota Grandma Bee's generation. Grandma Bee's generation. And now you look at who's left and you see Nikita Koloff and that's about it. That's left. And they paid such a price, and there's reasons why and choices they made. Unquote. We spoke with someone who knew Animal, and they had spoken with him several weeks ago, and there were no signs of that anything was wrong with him. Uh, and of course, now for you, for all y'all Amazon cats and Audible cats that listen to this, I always say this at the end because I'm not trying to get messed with for legal reasons. If you, if I use any portions of the quotes from this article, please credit pwtorch.com at t to wrestlingnews.co for the transcription. And I always usually say that because. Um, I'm not trying to get fucked with. I doing. It does suck though because it, this honestly came out of nowhere and knowing, not knowing that he was dealing with heart and kidney issues. Um, he looked healthy. I mean, when I looked at it, when I saw pictures of him and stuff, he looked quite healthy. Um, it was a shock to me personally. And yeah, I mean, I'm really shocked that his passing was a big any passing of a professional wrestler, in general, you know, is going to send shockwaves throughout the world. Depending on who it is, um, when I mean, you could put any in there. When Randy Savage passed, we all went. Roddy Piper, all that, you know, um, it sucks. It does suck. I mean, do have, well, we do have fond memories of Road Warrior Animal. We always will. Legion of Doom, all that good shit. Now the Legion of Doom can, you know, be booked in the in the high skies of the Wrestling Palace and can just face off against the greatest tag teams of all time in the sky. And I am sure, and I say it like this all the time, I am sure they are having the dopest wrestling events known to man right now in the Wrestling Palace in the sky. I am sure they are having putting on the most the greatest wrestling events of all time up there, five-star shows every single night. And, you know, it, and I'm, I'm sure up there in the skies, it is just wonderful. Um, but, unfor- but unfortunately, Road Warrior Animal passing away at the age of 60, rest in peace to Road Warrior Animal, to Joseph Florinitis. And my condolences here, and of course, on behalf of the Light Radio family, I'm a bit late to the show, but I will say it anyway. And behalf of the YLP podcast, I do send my condolences out to his family and his friends, who are, I know are grieving in this time, and um, blessings to the family of Road Roto- Warrior Animal. got one more article before we head to our uh, first break of the show. I want to talk a little bit about ratings news from BleacherReport.com. Now, I know this is a little bit late, but hey, it's ratings, it's news, and I'm going to talk about it. AEW beat NXT and TV ratings with Jon Moxley versus Eddie Kingston AEW title match. It's from Mike Chiari. With AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT going head-to-head last Wednesday night for the second consecutive week, AEW once again came out on top of the ratings battle. According to F4W Online's Brian Alvarez, Dynamite averaged 835,000 viewers during its two-hour broadcast on TNT, while NXT garnered 696,000 viewers on USA Network. Both shows were headlined by big matches with title implications. The main event of Dynamite was an AEW World Championship match between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which Moxley won when he forced Kingston to pass out. Kingston and the Lucha Bros stood tall to end the show, however, as they attacked Moxley and made him pay for prevailing in the matchup. Also, excuse me, Brody Lee successfully defended the TNT Championship against Orange Cassidy. But Cody made a surprise return by wiping out members of Dark Order. Lee then challenged Cody to a dog collar match for the TNT title. Other key moments including Miro and Kip Sabian beating Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, and Miro's debut match for AEW. Adam Hangman Page beating Evil Uno and the team of Akarushida and Thunder Rosa defeating Eva Lee and Diamante. The main event. Of NXT was a five-man elimination gauntlet match featuring Kyle O'Reilly, Kushida, Bronson Reed, Timothy Thatcher, and Cameron Grimes, with the winner going on to face Finn Balor for the NXT Championship at NXT TakeOver next month. Despite being one of the first two superstars in the match, O'Reilly went the distance and last eliminated Grimes to earn a title shot. The first match of the night was a battle royal with the winner earning a match against NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai at TakeOver. The Battle Royal came down to Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackguard, and LeRae was able to launch Shotzi off the steel steps and to the floor in order to win the match. Additionally, Tommaso Ciampa beat Jake Atlas. NXT North American Champion Damian Priest defeated Austin Theory. The team of Roderick Strong and Danny Burch defeated Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza, and Ridge Holland won a squash match. Next week's, This week's NXT will be the go-home episode of the show prior to NXT TakeOver on October 4th. Now, I'm curious to see what all this NXT stuff is all about. Because, I, Like I said, I have missed two episodes of NXT. I never miss an NXT show. Usually, I would watch it during the weekend. I would get it all set up. I would feel all kinds of happy. And then I'd be like, oh, wow, this is pretty key," You know? All that fun stuff. And then on, on Monday, I would record for Tuesday, and I would take care of last week versus this week. This week, I would not you know, I really wasn't keeping up with it. And that's nothing against y'all. It's just, you know, when I was taking my break, I was just, just relaxing. I watched the AEW Dynamite as I normally do uh, throughout the week. Normal schedule. Bees with the Bees. And um, I did that. So so, so everything that I have going on right now is new to me. Everything all, all about it is new to me. So Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor, I can rock with that. EO uh, Shirai and Candice the Ray. I'm all for that. That is a money match, and I'll explain why when I do my preview of predictions this coming Friday, because I'm going to do preview predictions for this coming Friday. Um, and of course, with Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship, I'm quite excited for that match, and along with the rest of the card they're going to have. I'm sure they'll round everything out for uh, Takeover this week, and we shall see what goes on with that. Like I said I'm quite excited. Um, does it surprise me AEW beat NXT this week? No. Um, reason why is because a lot of people have been complaining as of late that um, NXT is starting to feel like a episode of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, and that and that complaint in and of itself kind of worries me. Um, I've seen those comparisons before, and I don't like what I like when I hear those comparisons because that kind of worries me to the fact that they're trying to be like the main roster when NXT is a separate entity in, in and of itself, which it always should be. You know, there should be nothing else with that. So hopefully they get back to their uh, rising waves. They get a better rating from last week. Hopefully we'll see good things in the go home show for NXT and we will take it from there. But that's going to conclude part one Of episode 255 of the YLP podcast, talking about the news of the weekend. When we come back from the break, I got news on the UK government launching an inquiry into professional wrestling following the Speaking Out movement. I have news on Jimmy Uso when he's on track to return to the WWE. I also have news on Liv Morgan on if WWE ever planned to have her portray sister Abigail. I got NJPW news for all you NJPW fans out there talking about uh, NJPW's forced model change and the U.S. plans they scrapped for 2020. And I also have news on Lance Archer saying the AEW opportunity came out of nowhere and talking about not signing with NJPW. All of that when we come back for Episode 255 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 255 of the YLP podcast, talking about the news of the weekend. And before I get back into the swing of things, first and foremost, I want to say once again thank you to all of the members, the new members of the YLP universe and the War Realm from Amazon Music and Audible. Appreciate your pa- appreciate your new patronage. But I want to take this time out to talk about, of course, Patreon. 17 cents a day may not get you much in this economy. Hell, can't even get you a piece of Bazooka Joe bubblegum. I believe last time I checked in and of itself, that is a quarter. Last time you could probably get something for 17 cents. Probably a piece of Bitcoin. Maybe a piece of stock over on Robinhood. Hood piece with a piece But for 17 cents a day over on Patreon, you can get a lot more than you bargained for. Ladies and gentlemen, think of it like this. What if, for 17 cents a day, you can be part of a Patreon group chat, where you'll be able to talk with all the patrons, like Kavita, Jermaine, Slack, Quarantine Jean, and all the other members of the Patreon family, as well as all the members of the Wrestle Add Radio family, including myself, Kate, Will, Ricky, Nate, Fritz, and Mance. We're all in there from time to time. We actually talk to our patrons. But if that doesn't entice you enough, how about listening to exclusive Patreon shows that you would not be able to hear on regular WrestleAge Radio programming? Shows like Love and War, hosted by Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rosé. Shows like Fred's Fade Five, hosted by Mr. Fritz himself. 20 Bill Salute, hosted by Nate Fredson, of course, my Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Secret Files, where you don't know what the topic of the show is until you hit play. I will more likely be having something going down in October related to a certain tournament going on. I think it's going to be a banger of an episode. Don't know what I'm talking about. And you want to do that, I'll explain at the end of this little thing here. But I think the most important thing, I think the biggest kicker that will entice you to be a part of the Patreon family is that you will be able to have access to an exclusive code. I know what it is, but I can't tell you because you're not part of the Patreon family, unfortunately. But you can. For 17 cents a day. That exclusive code will give you 15% off every single time you check out at any of our Teespring stores. That also includes my teespring store for our teespring.com slash store slash young dash lines that's protected i almost forgot it there it's been a while since i don't drop like this yeah 15% off every single time you check out doesn't matter if you're getting anything from any merch from my store the uh king ricky rose collection the hbic collection the game changer collection the pretzelmania collection the original war collection the pride collection and, of course, the Delight Collection from Man's Chapel. Doesn't matter. 50% off every single thing you get. And make sure you get yourself some of that YLP merch over on dspring.com forward slash stores, forward slash dash lines, dash perspective. Uh, we got two new uh, articles, and I'll explain that at another episode of what we got going on over there. But 50% off every single time you check out, no matter what. Now, for 17 cents today, oh that's... My friends, it's one hell of a bargain. If you're considering joining and being a member of the Patreon family, head over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Radio. Seventeen cents a day, equating to five dollars a month, gets you all that access and more. Patreon.com forward slash Russell Addict Radio. Consider being a member of the Patreon family today. As I always say, always accepted, never expected, but we would will, will enjoy. Patriots today. Let's get back into the news, shall we? From WrestlingInc.com Actually, that's a long pair of reading glasses. There we go. Lance Archer says AEW opportunity came out of nowhere. Talks not re-signing with NJPW. This is from Jason Jason Unprisuth. I more than likely butchered that last name. My apologies, but to my dude. On the Wednesday episode of the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast, The Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer sat down with Wrestling Inc. managing editor Nick Houseman to chat about his fast rise in AEW. Archer's rise has been mostly seen without a crowd until recently, and he spoke on what it's like to see your fans return to dynamite. Quote, You can't explain the energy that you actually get from real fans. Archer pointed out, We've been in an amazing, unique position. Everybody around the world has. AEW, I think, has done an amazing job working with our other talent that have been gracious enough to be ringside and the extra talent that is coming in week after week. And they had that environment, that little bit of sound and noise that just keeps you going and doesn't make it just dead silent. But now actually having fans back, then actually cheering and actually booing and actually having a good time along with the guys and girls that are in and around the ring, it just keeps adding to. He goes on to say, quote, It keeps making it that much more fun. I think if you watch that first episode of Dynamite when we actually had fans back, I think everybody's energy level was through the roof in comparison. Just because that energy that was being given back to us. It's fun. We work our butts off to do what we do for the AEW audience, and we've been doing it throughout this entire situation. But to actually have some of them back and the yelling and screaming, even though they're from afar and socially distant and very safe from everything, including myself, because you never know what's going to happen when I come to the ring. But it's been an amazing experience, and it's very fun to have them back. And hopefully, that just continues to, to grow, end quote. Archer signed with AEW February on, in February earlier this year after a breakout year in NJPW. Archer explained why he signed with AEW instead of staying in NJPW. Quote, I think it's one of those things, like I've always looked at life as steps and challenges. I saw this as a next step in a new challenge, Archer said. And AEW, even from the very beginning when the Bucks and Cody and Omega... And those guys put together the first all-in event and everything. I was in huge support of it just because I knew what it could do for the business professional thing. And then Tony Khan comes along and helps them start AEW as a whole, as a company. We're on TNT. Everything that was happening with AEW in the world of professional wrestling and the worldwide attention it was grabbing for me, like I said. But it all came about when the opportunity to sign with AEW came. And it came like out of nowhere. And there was an opportunity to either stay in New Japan or to go to AEW, and again, I saw it as a new step, a new opportunity, a new challenge, an opportunity to be back home on a consistent basis. I love Japan. I love going out there, and I love the fan base, and I love everything that I was doing out there, but the opportunity to come home and to be on U.S. television and see my friends and family, the idea was to be able to tour the U.S. and be a part of that. He goes on to say, he goes on to say all those things together, just, it was too good not to take It was one of those opportunities that, again, it came out of nowhere. Beyond blessed, especially with what happened with the world pretty quick right after it. It was one of those things. Like, I was really blessed for the opportunity and the challenge that was in front of me. And that was something I absolutely wanted to take head on. End quote. Archer was also asked who contacted him to join AEW. He said it was a mix of different people that wanted to bring him into AEW. Quote, I'll just say it was a combination of a lot of people within the AEW upper office that decided it was a good idea to have the Murderhawk monster on AEW television, Archer said. They saw a killer and they knew I was elite, and they wanted me to be a part of that. I mean, I can't be, I mean, I like, I'm a huge fan of Lance Archer, even going back into his days uh, as part of the Killer Elite Squad, uh, the KES, uh, as members of Suzuki-Goon over in, um, New Japan, and of course, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, uh, when they invaded over there um, back, I believe in twenty seventeen. I want to say because I, um, I know they were over there. I know they were over there for about a good year or so before they came back to uh, New Japan and reinvaded invaded um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But yeah. I'm a big fan of Lance Archer. I do love me some Lance Archer. I loved him. He was in, in uh, KES with uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. And they are former, of course, I believe two or three time uh, IWGP tag, uh, heavyweight tag team champions. Uh, he's a beast. Um, on his own, he was a psycho. Former IWGP United States champion. Had a crazy ass battle with uh, John Moxley earlier this year at Wrestle Kingdom 14 uh, in the Texas death match. That was just an absolute insane fight. Blood tables, all the fun stuff that allows the Texas Deathmatch to be fun as hell. Um, and seeing what he has done in AEW so far really has really has made me happy. I, like I said, I'm a big fan of his. They have just he's just done very well. I can't even be mad at it. Can't even be mad at it whatsoever. And I'm glad to see what Lance Archer has done uh, so far in his run in AEW. And I can't wait to see what else he does, especially now being a top contender for the AEW World Championship. I know he just caught COVID, but uh, I think he'll have enough time to recover and be able to have, be ready to face John Moxley on the, on the 14th of October for the AEW World Championship. That is going to be a banger of a match. I can't wait to see that. Um, we'll see how that works because, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be quite interesting to see how all of that actually works out when we get to that point. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun to see. And I'm just really happy for him. I mean, he's done quite well. He, he did very well in NOAA and Pro Wrestling, NOAA and uh, New Japan World Wrestling. Done very well for himself. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for Lance Archer. Continuing on with uh, some New Japan news as I always try to bring you everything from around the world. From WrestlingInc.com, Rocky Romero on NJPW's forced model change. United States plans scrapped for 2020. This is also from Jason Amtrasuth. NJPW star Rocky Romero returned to the Wrestling Inc. daily podcast and sat down with Wrestling Inc. managing editor Nick Hausman to chat about New Japan Pro Wrestling and their current endeavors in the United States. NJPW Strong has been airing on Friday nights, featuring a wide range of talents. And Romero talked about how NJPW pivoted to NJPW Strong due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, I gotta be honest, I feel really, really good about it. Really strong about the show. No pun intended, but yeah, I think that everybody's working hard to create, kind of create a separate brand, Romero noted. It didn't really necessarily, that wasn't the point in the beginning of it. But obviously with the pandemic, we had to really think of other alternatives. Really, of how to keep the U.S. brand going. Now, it's kind of taken its own course, and that is slightly different. There's much younger talent and newer talent being showcased as well, and just kind of being its own thing, having some crossover to the Japanese brand. Like I said, it wasn't set out to be that way, but it's kind of turned that way. I think it's cool and it's different and still stays true to these Japan, New Japan Strong style scents. End quote. Romero noted that the original plan for NJPW was highlighted by Wrestle Dynasty at Madison Square Garden, The COVID-19 pandemic forced NJPW to postpone Wrestle Dynasty, and Romero also noted that NJPW is a live-event company that had to try new things, like a studio show in NJPW Strong. Quote, well, I mean, the original plan was to go August 22nd to MSG. We're going to have a huge card there, and obviously with the pandemic and New York being the major hotspot, especially in the beginning, it all got thrown to the wayside, Romero pointed out. I had to come up and kind of change plans. In New Japan in general, it's just like a live-event company more than it is like an actual TV company. So it's very different from AEW or WWE in that sense. So obviously being a live event company and not being able to do live events hurts our business quite a bit. This is kind of maybe like a forced model change in a way. Not saying like, oh, it's going to be TV first, TV this, but definitely gives us maybe room to try things that we wouldn't normally try. Like a studio show shot in Los Angeles, not too far from the dojo, and being able to find new talent, which we're always looking to do, and always trying to add to the roster and find new players, especially new young players, because I feel like the one thing they, the one thing New Japan thinks is golden is at uh, is finding talent and created stars. Where's your editor? This is just grammatically terrible, that sentence. Romero highlighted the Lions Break Crown Tournament that will feature young talent that have impressed either himself or Shibata or impressed at the dojo tryouts. He talked about how the tournament coincides with the G1 Climax, giving fans, pressing fans a lot to watch during the week. Quote, For us, that part comes really easy, Romero stated. I think this upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament is going to be a great example of eight gentlemen that came through the doors of the dojo and were selected by Shibata or maybe somebody that I saw or just somebody who impressed at a tryout or a camp in the last couple of years since we've been open. And now they're getting opportunity on Strong to really find their break. That's kind of what Lions Break is all about, which is cool. It kind of coincides with the G1. It's hard to watch both G1 and probably watch Strong, and then you got AEW, WWE. You've got so much wrestling during the week. So I think it's cool to have a spotlight on these younger guys, up and coming talent looking for a break. And I think this is the perfect opportunity right now. End quote. Aliceman asked Romero what the front office in Japan thinks of what is going on in the U.S. Romero talked about how the idea before the pandemic was to have a synergy between the U.S. talent and the Japanese talent to have simultaneous. T- <laughs> Try that again. To have a synergy between the U.S. talent and the Japanese talent to have simultaneous tours, noting that NJPW were experimenting with the idea with the new beginning tours. It's a good question, Romero said. I got to say that eventually there was probably, when they first thought of the concept of breaking into the U.S. market, and the U.S. is so huge that eventually they probably would have wanted some kind of brand split, so to speak. Not saying like this person is exclusive to the U.S. or they're exclusive to Japan. They would live in each other's world, of course, and major stars would be going back and forth. But I think that, of course, there's a hope that probably a long-term, five-year, ten-year plan to be able, to have to be able to tour in the U.S. simultaneously touring in Japan as well. And we tried that a couple times, like once a year. We do the New Beginning Tour in the U.S. while the New Beginning Tour is going on in Japan, end quote. Romero assured to fans that NJPW strong will remain and will be a long-term commitment for NJPW. He pointed out that it is part of NGPW's style of building things from the ground up. And the goal will be to continue to make NGPW Strong a good show and to continue to help develop and find new talent. Quote, Like I said, this is another kind of forced progression in that way to build a roster. And as far as I know, New Japan Strong is here to stay. It's a long-term commitment. And hoping to build the way the New Japan tour always builds grassroots, build from the ground the bottom, and each step is important. It's not just like to run and jump and then gun and be like, oh, let's just do it now. Capitalize on each moment and make each one of these bricks solid as opposed to having something just crumble so fast. For us, everything matters. Every little inch matters. So New Japan Strong, just continue on trying to make that show awesome. Have the talent that we have and adding fresh faces was probably the most important piece to it. Romero teased that if Wrestle Dynasty or MSG-type show happens next year, the possibility of U.S. versus Japanese talent still remains. He talked about how a lot has opened up for NGPW and the wrestlers hope to be a part of the conversation. Quote, Imagine if there is an MSG next year. I don't know if there will be or not. I mean, everything is so crazy right now, but if there is, like imagine we could get Tom Waller versus Minoru Suzuki. That would be crazy on a big show like that. So never say never. And I feel like the pandemic, for sure, has, like you said, opened up so many opportunities that probably wouldn't be opened up here in North America. We're open just to be a part of that conversation as well, especially the wrestlers. They want to be a part of that conversation. I'm going to take us some water here real quick. There you go. So... I like where I like where NJPW strong is headed. I like the fact that I like the fact that New Japan had decided to have an LA dojo. When they announced that they were doing an LA dojo, I was really excited because of the fact that they were going to be able to find talent in the U.S. and be able to actually. Cultivate new talent. Guys like uh, Connor Clark, uh, Carl Fredericks. And I haven't really watched much of the NJPW Strong, but I know David Finley's been on there. Jeff Cobb, Rocky Romero, TJP, if I'm not mistaken, has been on there. Um, who else? David Finley. Chase Owens has been on there. Jade White made his return. Hikaleo, Jade White actually made his return to NJPW through NJPW Strong before he uh, came up on the NJPW. NG- yeah. New Japan Climax, New Japan G1 Climax, which is ongoing right now as we speak. Um, I'll probably talk about that, um, the G1 Climax, a little bit more this Friday. Now that we've gone through, you know, at least a week's worth of uh, shows so far, so we can probably talk about updates on who's leading their respective blocks going forward. And we are only about the second, we're just into the second week of the tournament, so it is going to be insane uh, going forward. And more than likely, I will be talking about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was uh, the G1 Climax Final uh, sometime in October. Um, Probably, because I believe it's the October 18th is the final. Um, Hopefully, I'll be able to watch that in the morning and then be able to record that for you guys for Monday, that Monday on the 19th. We'll see what happens. Either way, it's going to be a lit spectacle. But like I said, I do like what they have going on in the United States with the LA Dojo, with Shibata being over there, with Rocky Romero and Shibata running things there. They have a lot of good talent that they can find. It's just a matter of finding them, bringing them in, and seeing what they've got. Um, I do like the fact that they're doing a Lions break uh, tournament uh, that you, uh, kind of the Young Lions style, no pun intended, um, of what they do over in Japan when they have the Lions Gate tournament um, with the winner uh, being granted excursion to go off into the uh to their excursion. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, if I remember the actual journey it takes for a young lion to grant be granted excursion. Um, I believe if you win a tournament, if you believe if you win a Lionsgate tournament, you are granted excursion to go on to uh, across the pond uh, United States, England, all that stuff, and be able to uh, uh, go over overseas and actually work on other promotions. I believe uh, Okisan uh, is it Oka? I believe it's Oka. Uh, he was over in Rev Pro working shows. He was starting to become a fan favorite over there. Um, someone will go to the United States working ROH, Ring of Honor, all that stuff, gaining experience. For themselves and then they are after a certain amount of time they'll come back to New Japan and I believe how it goes is you have um, a set of seven matches um, it's not whether oh you know it, it, it's no punishment if you win or you don't win or lose it's just you got seven matches going up against top level New Japan talent just to see where you're at after that that is where you begin the character development for a certain talent So now sometimes that doesn't happen the way it is, but that's usually the run of a particular uh, uh, young line in the Japanese dojo for New Japan. So this is kind of like their way of doing it, having young talent be brought up and being able to see where they're at. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do going forward with that. But we shall continue on. Also from WrestlingInc.com, Liv Morgan on if WWE ever planned to have her portray sister Abigail. This is from Joshua Gagnon. Liv Morgan sport with Sports Kita before she and her tag partner Ruby Riot faced WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Unfortunately, um, that didn't happen. Um, from what I had heard uh, with that, um, Baszler, Jax, and Cross. Were all taken off the card for um, what they're saying is uh, medi- uh, they weren't not medically cleared to compete on Sunday. From what I had heard, from what I had read, I had heard. So take that with a grain of salt. Take with that what you will. We'll we'll move on during the conversation. Morgan was asked if WWE ever planned on moving her towards portraying Sister Abigail. Morgan said it was something the fans that may have wanted, especially after the above video showed a blonde Sister Abigail. But she wasn't looking to play that role after returning from her break last year. Quote, I think it's very flattering fan fiction. Oh, God. Morgan responded, I was never, you know, respectfully hoping to be Sister Abigail. I was never pushing to be Sister Abigail. I went away for a while and I'm finding myself and I'm exploring myself. I have all these thoughts and emotions, and I'm trying to let people know without literally saying it. The fans just kind of wanted me to return so bad. I think that's what it was. They felt that was it. They felt that that was it. That was what I was going to be doing. That's a very flattering fanfic, but all it is is fanfic. Morgan instead returned to Raw last December, crashing Lana and Bobby Lashley's wedding. After that storyline finished up, she has since feuded and is now teaming with Ruby Riott. While not officially taking the role of Sister Abigail, Alexa Bliss has been recently been under Bray Wyatt's trance and might be acting out similar to the mysterious character. Um, I do remember that there were rumors of Liv Morgan possibly being the one to be Sister Abigail. And I think that would have been really cool. It would have been cool to see Liv Morgan as Sister Abigail, but I think that might have been a case of too much too soon. So, would I like to see her be Sister Abigail? Absolutely. I think that would have really fit her very well. But in terms of where she is now, or where she is at this point, I think it would have been wise to actually keep her with Ruby and being able to have them be a, come a cohesive unit again, as part of the riot squad, uh, the reformation of it, um, they need to work. And honestly, between you and I, you being the listener, me being the podcaster, um, they need to really work on their tag team division for the ladies. And I think having Morgan and riot in that division, I think that would be a better for, for where they're at right now, what they need to do. Help build that division and have Morgan and Riot become a I guess somewhat of an integral part of it. Especially the fact that they're actually um, we're supposed to face Jax and Baszler on Sunday for the tag titles. But we all know what happened with that. Uh, Like I said before, they were not medically cleared, and I'm gonna put air quotes around that because I'm taking all that with a grain of salt for sure. But Let's be honest. I would like to. See, I would like to see. Um, I would like to see it, but it's not the case. Um, Alexa Bliss, I think, right now fits the bill a little bit better because of the story—a oh, long continuing storyline that even goes back way back to the mixed match, the last iteration of the Mids match challenge a couple years ago. So I think that makes more sense to have a Bliss be Sister Abigail than Morgan be Sister Abigail. You feel me? So it would have been nice to see, but right now it bees what it bees. We shall continue on. From fightful.com Jimmy Uso on track to return to WWE in early 2021. This is from Robert D. Felice. Jimmy Uso will have to watch his twin brother, Jay, and we all know what happened with that. Uh, this past Sunday from uh, Class of Champions after Roman Reigns uh, beat his cousin's ass like he said he was going to and Jimmy having, being forced to throw in the towel for the Universal Championship at Class of Champions from the sidelines. But soon he'll be back to run the Uso Penitentiary. According to a new tweet by Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport, Jimmy is on track to return to WWE by February 2021. Jimmy is currently nursing a knee injury he suffered in a ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania 36. Alex received this information courtesy of Jay Uso, whom he recently interviewed. Quote from his Twitter, Jimmy Uso is on course to return the action from his knee in January, February 2021, Jay Uso told me. Also in that interview, Jay discussed how disappointed Jimmy is not to be medically cleared to be at ringside for this upcoming match, which he was on Sunday. Whoa. Jimmy knows this is a big moment and he doesn't want to take the light away from me. But he just wishes he could be in my corner. He just wants to walk with me, be in my corner, have the best seat in the house. He wants to bang on the apron, feel the intensity, the sweat dripping and all of that. So, we now know um, 2020, uh, 2021, early 2021 that we will get the Uso, penitentiary, back under lockdown. No pun intended on that. But, um... So we will be able to see what goes down with that. Um, especially now that we have Jimmy back, kind of, in the fold uh, going forward. And him hobbling the ringside and all that stuff. Large oof all over that. But, I mean, with that, though, we do wish... Uh, Here at the YLP podcast, myself and my uh, my unofficial co-host, Barley, who's officially eating a treat right now. It's just a little fat, but uh, a speedy recovery and hope he does come back sooner rather than later. I actually just saw this bit of news uh, file through my uh, as I was reading the last article. Um, This is actually from just about looking at my... Okay, I can't. My laptop is acting stupid as usual. Oh, excuse me. Also from Fightful.com. Report. Retribution not cleared by WWE. All five members quarantined. What? <laughs> from This is actually from Carlos Toro. This is actually from my clock a couple of hours ago. Retribution might not be appearing on WWE programming for some time. According to a report from Ryan Seton. all five members of the faction are not cleared to compete. However, it is not due due to them testing positive for COVID-19. Instead, the members of the group have to go under self-quarantine for two weeks after coming into contact with someone who did test positive. This is actually from Ryan Satin, and I quote, regarding retribution not being cleared to compete at the moment, sources tell me all five members tested negative for COVID-19. However, the group's members each have to quarantine themselves for two weeks, because they came into proximity with someone who tested positive. End quote. The group, who did not appear in any manner at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view on September 27th, has had, only had one official match in WWE, which was against the Hurt Business, on September 21st. This is not the first time that a wrestler in WWE has had to miss time for reasons related to COVID-19 that didn't involve testing positive to COVID-19. Roman Reigns elected to stay home for months to protect himself and his family from the pandemic before returning at SummerSlam. Bifo will keep you updated on retribution status. So this is why a lot, of, I saw this on my timeline on Sunday. Um, A lot of people were actually, were seeing on my timeline, yo, this would be a proper time for Retribution to come out and whoops some my ass. And they didn't come out on Sunday night. Not at all whatsoever. A lot of people were surprised. And now we know why. All five members now have to quarantine for two weeks. And Bob is your uncle. Okay. So that was a little bit of breaking news there. But we will end today's episode on a tiny bit of a somber note. But we'll see how it goes. This is, this is one article I released when I saw this. I was like, I got to talk about it because it did involve the Speaking Out movement. And I talked about this in an earlier episode um, uh, about a month or so ago. Um, about a month or two ago, actually, when the Speaking Out movement became a thing. From SportBible.com, UK government launch inquiry into professional wrestling following the Speaking Out movement. This is from Ryan Seidel. British wrestling had a spotlight shown on the worst behaviors inside the industry earlier this year during the Speaking Out movement. And now a cross-party grouping of members of parliament are hoping to hear as many stories as possible in an inquiry into the industry. Now, it says on here, uh, the inquiry is open and submissions can be sent until the 27th of November to uh, appg Wrestling at gmail.com. So, it's just on there. I'm just reading it. Speaking Out brought light... Like, Brought to light stories from performers and fans alike at the awful ways they have been treated by other performers, promoters, and others in the industry. It led to some performers being sacked from their jobs, whilst others are still under investigation from big companies companies like the WWE. And left those still in the industry to look at how to proceed and make it safer. Now, the all-party parliamentary group on wrestling is launching an investigation into the industry in this country and looking to improve it. And if you follow, and if you're looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the APPG Wrestling uh, Twitter page. They actually have, um, they're launching, they're announcing that they're launching the inquiry into professional wrestling in Great Britain. If you want to go to their Twitter page, it's at APPG Wrestling. Uh, you can look into the inquiry there if you want to see the full details of that. Led by co-chairs Alex Davies Jones MP and Mark Fletcher MP, the inquiry wishes. To review evidence from across the board to best see how the group can help the industry. Speaking exclusively to Sport Bible, Davies Jones, a big wrestling fan herself, explained how those affected by speaking out will be supported by the inquiry. Quote, it's making sure they're being listened to. That's the biggest thing we've had so far from wrestlers and people within the industry of Tourist's their stories. They want to be heard and they want to have their story heard. So being listened to and making sure they're being taken seriously and someone actually cares. Whatever we can do to recognize what needs to change in the industry to make sure these horrible practices and this behavior is stamped out. And so we can make sure there is no space for this behavior and this treatment in the industry. And then I'll be happy and I'll know I'll have done my job. Let's see, continuing on here. Of course, there's uh, if you want to go to her page, uh, Twitter page at Alex Davies Jones, minus the uh, dash there. Um, she received an update from uh, Oliver Dowden on the guidance for raising training schools uh, moving as we continue to move through the coronavirus pandemic and all that. The letter, you can read the letter there if you want to. I'm not going to. The WWE's NXT UK brand has even been in the headlines. With some talent sacked from the company and others still suspended indefinitely for having been implicated and accused during the movement. There's been pressure from fans about the company. An MP for Ponty Parade. what the fuck? Jermaine, help me out with this one. Confirmed that she would be talking to the company and AEW during their inquiry. Quote, we'll be, we'll be speaking to WWE, we'll be speaking to NXT UK, we'll be talking to AEW, all the major promoters, the headliners. We'll be reaching out to them, asking them to give evidence and questioning them as well because this is going to take everybody within the industry. It's going to take everybody from the top down and the bottom up. Otherwise, we're not going to stamp it out of the industry. If any investigation proves and they're found guilty, then they should absolutely be removed. We want to take evidence from everybody who was affected, and we want to make sure this is taken seriously. And to stop this practice, we need to get rid of the bad apples from the crop. Labor MP confirmed that the potential of a governing body for wrestling will be looked at during the inquiry and that safety at both shows and in training schools, getting trainers and others to be DBS checked. It's high on our list of things to look at. Davies Jones is hoping for the first draft of the inquiry to be done in January and hopes to speak as many, to as many people as possible before the end of November. Speaking about everyone feeling safe in the industry, from fans to performers, Davies Jones said that was a priority, adding, quote, yeah, safety's the big aim of the inquiry and, the, and of the group. We're a group of MPs who love wrestling, first and foremost, and we want to make sure British wrestling is the best it can be. We wanted to make it safe for everybody and have everyone enjoy British wrestling. Whatever we can do to support that, we will do. I think the main thing is people know we're listening. Someone has heard them. That's the most important thing, and I hope we can make some improvements. End quote. The MP and MPs involved are all wrestling fans, and it really sounds like they hope to make a difference. The fans and performers who bravely came forward earlier this year may be asked to tell their stories again, and maybe make a difference on how British wrestling is run. And again, the inquiry is open and submissions can be sent until the 27th of November, 2020 to appgwrestling at gmail.com. And that is the last article. So as per tradition, for all of you newbies uh, from Amazon Music and Audible, I like to close my laptop, placing my charged phone on top. And I'll speak with you guys freely for this last article before we head out for the day. When the speaking out movement first came out, a lot of names were named. Two in particular in terms of professional wrestling in Britain. um, Travis Banks and Leguero were gone immediately from WWE. Taking away two big names from NXT UK, two integral parts of the NXT UK brand going forward. Travis Banks, a former NXT UK championship contender. And of uh, uh, a, a solid mainstay in, uh, w- in WWE NXT UK. <sighs> Once more and more names came out. David Starr, Joey Ryan, Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, Pete Dunne. Garrow, and more and more names came out. Matt Riddle was a, one of them. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of names started coming out and speculation started to come about. So we, now, as far as I know, banks and the are the only two that I know of that got fired. I think Pete Dunn was one that uh, Nina came up. Tyler Bate brief, briefly came up for like five seconds. And I think that pretty much went to when to go night, night. Um, and Joey Ryan was the big one. Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan and David Starr were big ones. Joey Ryan had to close his doors on his professional on his professional wrestling school and his company of bar wrestling for good. That was huge. David Starr coming out Jimmy Havoc was another one. And then he went to rehab because he had drug issues and all that shit. But that's neither here nor there. A lot of names came out. And the stories that were coming out were some very interesting stories. And I remember talking about the speaking out movement a couple months ago when it first came out. And And I remember Jordan Devil was one as well. And he immediately lawyered up. I think Velveteen Dream may have missed the boat on that. But we won't even get to that either because a lot of people are still salty about that as we speak. But if this is a solid first step in trying to get this kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, this kind of interactions that happened, then so be it. If there is a way we can actually do this, if they can actually do this, it. I know WWE doesn't take too kindly to that. I know NXT UK and across the board I know every single promotion does not take too kindly to what stories are being told about this. And people got fired for that. What does that mean outside of it for them? I don't know. But if this could be a solid first step. I know zero tolerance across the board for WWE. 100%. That's why Banks and Leguero were let go. Immediately. Gone. That's why David Starr pretty much done. Joey Ryan. Fucked. Jimmy Abbott. Rehab. Maybe this could help. Maybe this could be a very, very big first step in getting this going. We will see. Um, in the weeks and months to come, we will see how it goes, and maybe we'll hear a report somewhere down the line in November, maybe something in January. But until then, at least we have something of a first step towards what they're trying to accomplish. With that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 255 of the YLP podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is damn good to be back. And when we, close, when we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper wild fashion and get you primed and ready for episode 256 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned! We'll be right back. Well guys, that's gonna be it for episode 255 of the YLP Podcast The Return of Mr. YLP as always. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. I got Thank you guys so much for taking up this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly enjoy. Appreciate it if you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions. Just want to shoot shit. You want to talk about anything that happened over uh, the past week or so? fill me in. Let me know what you've been up to. Let me know how everything's good. How are the kids, how are they doing? Everything's all straight. All right, we're really good. Don't mind you hitting me up with a voice message over on anchor.mm. <laughs> anger yeah anchor.fm forward slash young lions perspective all one word and over on anchor.fm slash wrestle Attic radio also make sure you leave comments over on ambiguous podcast shout out to the whole aps squad over there we are linked up with them as well headed by will tereshook one of the members of the rest radio family and co-host of the kings of the rings podcast Make sure you go over there and leave a comment there as well. If you want to donate a couple chunks to cigars, let your boy know. I really really appreciate it because well, it was a nice name. <laughs> But yeah, all is good. If I like what, you, if I like what you know, you're saying, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, if I'm bringing to the table, I'll have no brother featuring your voice message on a future episode of the YLB Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend, tell a friend about the YLB Podcast. Share this episode across all of you know, your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the alt tech, Gab parlor. Um... Sending a text message, sliding your friends DMs, Facebook Messenger will work just as well. Always good with that because in these quarantine times unprecedented times that we got going on right now, we be here for some night radio like oh, grandma hug and silence. the entertainment throughout your day, your morning, whenever you listen to this episode of the podcast, we are here. Uh, Wrestle Radio want to make sure that we can provide the best entertainment possible and something to help you out throughout your days if you're not having the best days, if you're having a good day and you just want a little extra laugh, we are here for you because not only is Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast we are without a doubt 100% absolutely then, now, and for every day alternative Wrestling Podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now most you know, most of y'all do not have that anchor app, that's perfectly fine, do not hurt from feelings whatsoever. Everyone has their favorite platforms and apps to use for their listening pleasures on the podcast. But if you think you're just all about ambiguous podcasts, solutions.com, anchor.fm Slash young lions perspective and M- 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 slash radio. my friend you are sadly mistaken because now and only can we, we can now add two new members to the distribution machine that being Amazon music and audible and once again shout out to Amazon music for uh, bringing in the Wrestle Addict radio family uh, it's just a bigger it's just as big a deal for us as it as for you guys I'm sure um, and we're gonna definitely make the best of it but besides that, you know we're distributed across other different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Podbean. Dang, it's been a while, so I'll, hold on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Podbean. We'll figure it out. It's, it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> it beats what it beats. Like I said, it's been a quite some time. You think me gone for about a week. I do not remember my whole thing. Old Spiel. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Overcast. Yeah. Radio Public. CastBox FM. Stitcher Radio. And, of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! We'll figure it out. Uh, Search for the YLP podcast, the Kings and Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, or The Delight Show with Man's Chapel, or just WrestleLatic Radio in general. And you should be able to find all of us, what, no problem finding us, whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast over on my social media, I'm quite active over there on the social media titties. If you want to follow me over on Twitter, you can follow me there, at War. that's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday, every Friday night. I live tweet for SmackDown Live unless I have a prior obligation to attend to. I'll let you guys know prior to the show that night. I also do live tweeting for every WWE live pay-per-view, every AEW live pay-per-view, every NXT and now NXT UK takeover. Right now that we know that we won't be having a UK takeover special until next year. It will be strictly NXT TakeOvers for the time being. And given the fact that we have one this coming Sunday, I will be live-tweeting for that absolutely without question. And, of course, New Japan is back into the swing of things. Oh, bye. And the G1 Climax is hot and heavy. We just finished up, I believe, not five, night five, uh, going into night six. I believe. Actually, no. It was night one. Two, three, four, five, ten, ten, ten. We might be in a night... Uh, well, technically night five for the blocks, but G1 Climax is going on, and if I'm up at 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday and I went to the bathroom and I have nothing else better to do because I can't go back to sleep, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well, and I do my my true best to give you all the updates of the, of the ongoing G1 Climax rank, you know, where everybody is in the blocks, I'll be talking about that more than likely this Friday, but we'll get to that a little later on in this segment. If you want to follow me over on the Instagram side of things, the mothership that is the YLP universe, the mother hub of all that is YLP, you can follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Memes, all the good stuff. Post, getting back into the swing of things with that. So I'll keep you guys updated with everything that's going on with that. Um, All the fun stuff over there. DM me if you want, if you got any questions, Uh, any you know what you're, you know. What you're trying to look forward to, what maybe you're trying to get into, uh, memes are always helpful. If you have a fired pro wrestling meme and I like what you're bringing to the table, I have no problem posting it, giving you your 15 minutes of excellence, all that good stuff over there. I do have a Facebook and I considered deleting it quite some time, but now knowing that I can utilize it to my advantage, um, I do have a Facebook page over there. If you just want to search for at Young Lions Perspective, or you can search for. Young Lions Perspective podcast. Like the page, share the page, follow the page. We have over a hundred followers over there, and I want to thank every single one of y'all for being a follower of the YLP movement. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. And I look over to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations for today, even though I did miss, I uh, did talk about Teespring, and I'm looking over at the Norwegian side of things. I am getting the thumbs up, so I'm glad to be back into the swing of things. I'm glad to be back into the fold. It feels good. Feeling great. How are you? Episode 256, of course, will be taking place this Friday, where we have a brand spanking new episode of Light the Fuse, where I'm going to, to talk about this Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite. I'll break it all down. The top five focal points we need to focus on going into next week's episode. All the fun stuff, including, of course, we're doing some AEW news. And we'll be doing our NXT TakeOver 31 preview and predictions. I'll be talking about all the matches that will be going down there. Really excited about that because um, Kushida Velveteen Dream sounds mighty tasty. And I'm all excited for that. Y'all know how that goes down to the DMs. Other than that, guys, I'm getting the hell out of here. Enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy AEW Dark. Enjoy AEW Dynamite or NXT if you're going to be watching either one of those on Wednesday night. I know it's the go-home episode for NXT. AEW is just another week in the life as we head, as you're on the road to AEW Full Gear on November 7th. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll see you guys right back here this Friday at 10 a.m. For episode 256 of the YLP Podcast. It's damn good to be back. Sue. This has been a Russell Attic Radio Branded Podcast.